Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. In May of 2019, Health Union launched ankylosingspondylitis.net. As with each Health Union community, ankylosingspondylitis.net provides information, validation, and support to those dealing with this chronic condition. And one of our first contributors to the site is Jed Finley, who shares what it's like to live with ankylosing spondylitis and how his advocacy work has helped him cope with his own challenges. You've written that you were diagnosed at 12. What led up to your diagnosis? So when I was 12, um, I had been active in sports, and um, I played hockey and football and uh, did some running as well and played soccer poorly. Um, but, uh, so, but I would wake up in the morning, and I was stiff, and I was creaking and I was cracking. And, um, you know, I had had my growing pains and whatnot, but this just continued on forever and ever. And um, I felt like, my parents felt like, this is not right. You know, there's something else going on here because a 12-year-old boy is not supposed to be dragging him across the bedroom floor when he gets up in the morning. Um, so I don't remember exactly how, the, how it progressed, um, but I know that eventually uh, my family and I went to um, New York City to see the, the circus. And after getting on the train, going there, walking to Madison Square Garden, going there, by the time I came home, I couldn't even walk. And they had to carry me off the train um, to the car and then carry me from the car to the house because I was so in much pain. I was so exhausted. And that's when we decided there's something serious going on here. Uh, so at some point I ended up with a rheumatologist very soon after. And um, he looked at me and said, that's ankylosing spondylitis. Uh, so that's how I got diagnosed. Um, but yeah, like, it's, like we said, there's, there's no treatment options really. Um, you know, there was some, some of the more heavy-hitting, liver-killing kind of drugs out at the time, but they didn't want to give that to uh, a 12-year-old. So, you know, we just kind of sat and waited to see what happened. I tried physical therapy, um, but I don't really felt like that, you know, took the edge off. Um, But uh, for a while, I just figured, let's just ignore it. There's nothing I can do about it. Let's just ignore it. I kept running cross-country, you know, all throughout high school. And uh, it wasn't until college that... I eventually it caught up to me and said, nope, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, your running days are over, and now you actually have to kind of start focusing on yourself. And uh, that's when I went back to a rheumatologist and uh, reminded me about the ankylosing spondylitis. Um, and then, yeah, that's when I started getting treatments. So how do you describe what ankylosing spondylitis is for someone who doesn't know what it is? Uh various number of ways, but uh, basically an autoinflammatory arthritis uh, that mainly affects the spine and SI joints, uh, but it can also affect the major joints of the knees, the hips, the elbows. Um, and, uh, and so basically the immune system um, decides that it wants to attack uh, the, the healthy cartilage in between the joints. Uh, so it starts attacking, it starts attacking, and over time that cartilage wears down and gets replaced with bone um, that's not very good bone. Um, so um, that's why a lot of people with AS in their later years will be hunched over because that bone is literally, in their spine, is cracking. And 
not supporting their bodies anymore. Um, but it's a very painful disease. Um, it causes a lot of pain. It causes a lot of uh, fatigue and mental exhaustion. And uh, all we can do is treat it. There's no cure as of right now. So, you know, all of us with AS, we're just trying to stay ahead of our symptoms. Wow. So what is it like for you on a daily basis? I mean, you know, I'll wake up and I'm stiff, but then I'll kind of feel a little bit more energy, um, you know, in the morning. Um, but as the day goes on, um, I may start the day in a lot of pain that gets worse. I may start with very little pain, um, but I'm always in pain. Um, there's not a single day of my life where I'm not hurting in some way. And um, so it's it's a lot of, you know, I, I'm still work full time as a special education teacher. Um, I do a lot of walking, um, you know, from class to class because I tend to push into classrooms and help certain groups of kids at certain amounts of time. And, you know, by the end of the day, around 2 o'clock, I am just done. Um, you know, I try all these different energy supplements, drink my coffee, you know, all that stuff. But my brain exhaustion and my physical exhaustion and pain by about 2 o'clock every day, <sighs> I should really just go home. Um, but uh, so, I mean, that's kind of my day-to-day. And then I just, by the time I get home, I just want to sit. I may do some writing, you know, I may catch up on my social media and check in with my support groups, but out of that, I'm just done until I go to bed and wake up the next day to start it all over again. Yeah, I was going to ask you about how it, it's amazing to me that you work full-time as a special education teacher, because I know that's a very demanding job. Mm-hmm. How do you manage your condition and this demanding job? Well, um, when I started off in special education, I was working in an autism center, which was a lot of, I don't want to say high impact, but for lack of a better word, it was very active. And because, uh, you know, it's a lot of playing, it's a lot of getting down on the floor, it's a lot of, uh, you know, lifting kids up and, you know, going to the bathrooms and whatnot. Um, so uh, last year, about a year ago, um, I, it got a little too much for me and I had to talk to some people and say, look, I cannot get on the floor anymore. Um, you know, for a while, you know, for many years, I was just, I was able to sit at a table, do academics, you know, work on their spelling and their writing and whatnot. But um, we had a new batch of kids that just needed a lot more physical attention and then I couldn't keep up. Um, so my school district moved me to a different uh, position where I was, it was a little bit more academic and that's, you know, that's where I am now. So, you know, I just go to room to room and sit down. Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy, um, but I have a com- a com- accommodations, excuse me, uh, through the Americans with Disabilities Act, where uh, they provided me with a camping stool um, because one problem with being in elementary school is very tiny chairs. And at the time, I'm six foot one. Um, <laughs> I say at the time because a lot of people with AS end up shrinking, um, but I'm still six foot one. And so, getting in and out of those kindergarten chairs, I literally need like I hold out my arms and ask kids to pull me up. <laughs> Oh. which they think is a fun game, um, and, they, and they love to do it. But uh, So I have a camping stool, but I also have understanding that I'm not going to restrain children who are in crisis, uh, and I do not have to chase anyone down unless it is a matter of life and death. Um, so, And I've already had to chase down a kid 
you know, once or twice, you know, in a life or death situation, I can keep up, but it hurts a lot afterwards. Um, so, but my accommodations have helped me out a lot. Uh, so that's kind of one reason why I'm able to keep working. Plus I need my insurance. Um, I think you'll probably find a lot of people with chronic illness who have a lot of pain and, and fatigue and whatnot, keep on working because that health insurance is the most important thing they could ever possibly have. So they can at least continue living life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about like what it's like on a daily basis. What changes when your condition flares? Whew, uh, I'd say for me, uh, I get a lot more spinal stiffness, um, a lot more, I feel weight in my shoulders. Um, those are my, when I really flare, like when the weather's coming or if I overdid it the day before, that's what it is. A lot of inflammation. I feel like I need to, you know, I don't really hunch over, but when I'm flaring, I hunch over because I just need to take that pressure off my spine um, as I walk around. And um, so that's probably the worst part for me when I flare. Um, that and the uh, uh, mental fatigue. Um, I just I get such terrible brain fog. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast, you know, and it was only two hours ago. Um, so I'd say the mental side is, is, again, I've talked to my doctor and if he can't fix my pain, I always tell them fix my mental side because that is probably my least favorite symptom, uh, because I like my brain. Um, but if I can't, if I can't put together a sentence, then that's just a problem. Yeah. And I, I know brain fog affects a lot of people with chronic conditions and me included, I have, it's the weirdest thing to know that your brain's not, you know, it's not working like it's supposed to, but you can't figure out how to fix it. Right. And along with that, I'm curious how you deal with the daily emotional strain of dealing with all of this. Hmm. Um, I say, First and foremost, my support groups um, are which help me out the most. Um, I am a member of a few support groups. I lead a bunch of support groups, um, especially what I do with Health Union, uh, moderating the, uh, the ankylosing spondylitis.net Facebook page. Um, acting as a patient leader, as an advocate, um, that gives me a lot of strength um, to, to keep going um, because, I mean, as I wrote my one article, it gives me pride and purpose. Um, that I, I have this disease for the reason of helping other people. And I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the way I have to look at it, that, you know, I have to have some positive mindset, um, as for why I'm feeling this way. And again, I'm, again, I've got this kind heart, you know, serving nature. So I'm willing to give a little bit of myself to help out a bunch of people. Um, so, I mean, that's really what keeps me going is, um, is helping others with AS and other chronic illnesses. Um, you know, it's it helps me so much. Um, that and um, a really good easy chair, really comfortable, so I can stretch myself out with a heating pad and uh, just check out for a bit. Yeah. Can you tell me about your time in Vietnam and how that has influenced your your perspective? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I went to Vietnam in 2005 uh, as an English teacher. Um, I had just graduated uh, from university, and uh, I wanted to spend some time overseas, and but I didn't want to go on vacation. Um, I hate just 
being a tourist. So I wanted to go someplace where I could, you know, do some work. Uh, so I found an organization that uh, allowed us to uh, allow people to go overseas as uh, English teachers. Uh, so I wanted to go to Vietnam. They played us in Vietnam. And, um, you know, for a while I was, you know, I was teaching. I was teaching, uh, I did the math. I probably had about 500 students a week in various classes, um, big classes of 40 uh, in a high school, which was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, while, uh, while I was over there, my teaching jobs got less and less, and um, I ended up in a coffee shop uh, for a charity um, where they, they took um, uh, street kids and their families and uh, gave them a job, gave them training. Uh, so, you know, how to bake cookies, how to make muffins, how to brew coffee and, and serve and uh, tender money. And as the idea of to give them a way to kind of, a way of out uh, so they didn't have to deal with drugs or prostitution or other things that a lot of street kids end up in. Uh, so through doing that, I was there so much that they said, hey, do you just want to like manage one of our coffee shops? And I thought, yeah, I could do that. Um, so I was there all day long, but I got to work with these awesome children. Uh, I got to teach them English. I got to help them um, with their baking and their coffee making and their serving and stuff. And uh, it just really opened my eyes to that I can be helpful. You know, I had done some volunteer work before, but this was such immersion uh, that I really enjoyed it so much. So I feel that... Yeah, when I came back from Vietnam in um, late 2006, early 2007, uh, that, yeah, I could, you know, I, I really have this heart to help people and, uh, and kind of provide what I know to help others. Around that time, um, Facebook started doing groups, uh, and I thought, look, I got ankylosing spondylitis. I've never met anyone with ankylosing spondylitis, so let's start a Facebook group. And that's kind of how my advocacy got started um, off of my uh two years spent in Vietnam. That's amazing. I love that. It really shows, like, like you mentioned, it shows your giving heart as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw one of your posts on Instagram where you posted your medications that help you manage your pain. Uh-huh. In addition to medication, have you found any other practices or therapies that can help you cope? Um, I, uh, do some herbal supplements, um, uh, some, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, don't pressure me to remember the names of some of these things, but, uh, I just, I, I do a series of uppers and downers, um, where it's, uh, supplements that give me energy and then, uh, tryptophan that calms me down. And, uh, the idea is that it puts me in kind of a more mellow state. Um, I feel like a lot of my pain is uh, based on my stress and again working in special education being asked by you know 16 kids um all at once help me with this helping with this helping with this you know i get a little you know over a little overwhelmed uh so um kind of keeping my mood level and my, my mind calm i feel has been really helpful um heating pads love them i got my wife a couple of weeks ago, got me this great, like, full-length back, like, cape type of heating pad, and I love it so much. It gets so beautifully hot and doesn't turn off after uh, three minutes, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I also uh, use an inversion table, and I will, you know, kind of put the disclaimer in there, ask a chiropractor or a physician about an inversion table before you use it, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm just borrowing one from my in-laws, and I uh, 
just hang upside down every once in a while, especially when I'm feeling that flare with that pressure uh, in my vertebrae. And uh, especially after I just take my biologic uh, and I'm feeling a little bit more loose, it just allows my spine just kind of stretch out. And it helps me walk tall, uh, which you know I've mentioned is something I'd like to do. Um, but uh, so, I mean, those are kind of some of the, you know, non-medicinal, uh, you know, pharmaceutical uh, ways in which I have uh, tried to help keep going with my AS. And I read you also have changed your diet. Oh, I sure have. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, yeah, if you've read any of my stuff on ankylosingspinalslice.net, you'll know diet is a huge thing for me. Um, and thank you for reminding me. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I've a couple years ago, even before I really started pursuing um, treating my AS, I found out that I could not handle dairy. And this isn't like lactose intolerant or, or my stomach gets a little upset. This dairy causes me severe pain and inflammation. And I guess the point that if I accidentally, you know, eat some cheese on a cheeseburger or have something that has dairy in it that I know almost instantaneously. And... Um, so, yeah, cutting out dairy, uh, also through a doctor's uh, recommendation, I cut out sugar as well and found out that, yes, that also was causing a lot of pain and inflammation. Um, I also found out that going out to dinner, uh, potatoes weren't so good to me, so now I'm also cutting out my uh, starches, and why not? Let's cut out some nightshades, too. I Originally, my nutritionist said, we don't want to cut out too much because then you'll just be eating dirt and you're going to hate yourself, but... <laughs> And I, and, I, and I stuck with that. But then I found out that eating these subs makes me hate myself anyway. Um, so I figure that eating some peanut butter and pickles, that'll get me, that'll get me through the day. Um, and that uh, avoiding these you know, dairy and nightshades and sugar and carbs and starches and whatnot was a lot better for me. Uh, so um, plus I've lost 40 pounds just in 2019 alone. I'm not 100% sure what caused that, <laughs> but I have a lot of theories, and probably my diet was part of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so far, diet has been a good treatment for me. It makes me really sad when there's a birthday party and they serve cake in the break room, but I get through it, and, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've learned for my conditions, dairy and gluten are my two things, and it, it reduces my pain tremend tremendously if I don't eat them, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, I miss cheese. Oh, I miss cheese so much. There's nothing oh, like no. cheese. <laughs> and Dairy Queen blizzards. Oh. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how would you say ankylosing spondylitis has impacted your freedom and independence? Um, I will say that for a while, my biggest form of independence was going out on five-mile, ten-mile long walks. Um, I ran cross-country in high school and college. I loved the open space and just being free, being alone, just going out and, and you know, being with nature and whatnot. I'd say probably the very first kind of independence that AS caused me to lose was um, – going out long distances and just, you know, forgetting about the world. Um, I mean, actually, AS finally caught up to me in the middle of a 10-mile run. I made it about five miles in, and um, in the uh, woods, the bioreserve of my university, and I just pulled the total Forrest Gump, and I said, I just stopped and said, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go home now, and my running days were over. Um, hmm. So that's one way. Um, 
I, I mean, I'll say that it's, you know, I kind of have to plan out my, uh, my shopping trips, you know. Um, I, I like to map it out, know where I'm going, so I take as few steps as possible. Um, the days of just kind of browsing around and seeing what's there and going to multiple stores. I can't go to multiple stores, you know. Two at the most if I'm feeling good. Um, and the drive through uh, you know, grocery pickup <laughs> if I'm not feeling good. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I try not to think that I've lost a lot of independence, but again, I, I loved working at the Autism Center. Unfortunately, AS um, made me made it so I had to stop doing that. Um, you know, like certain, those are like those little things that, you know, I, I held on to for so long and then I just had to give them up um, because my body just unfortunately could not keep up um, with what I wanted to do. Um, so... And again, fortunately, I got my online support groups, so I can still, you know, use that heart that I was giving at the Autism Center uh, to, um, you know, help other people. Uh, so it's 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 a good stand-in. But um, yeah, just kind of the the freedom of of choosing what I want to do day to day. You know, I have a four-day weekend, and um, right now because of parent-teacher conferences and. You know, we're talking about cleaning out the garage because we moved back in April. We haven't unpacked practically anything. Um, but I don't know. Will I be able to, you know, spend even half an hour cleaning out the garage, you know? We haven't made a dent in anything because I just don't have the energy and I can't lift heavy boxes. So, you know, that freedom of just choosing what I want to do and and then, you know, doing it whenever I want. So that's kind of the biggest loss of freedom I've experienced. Do you think that living with AS has influenced you in any positive ways? Absolutely. Um, I, it's, again, it, it taught me uh, to deepen my empathy. I always had it, but it's really deepened it. Um, knowing what it's like uh, for other patients. Um, so I feel like it has made me a better leader, a better um you know, I mean, I'm a patient leader, you know, and, um, you know, it's, uh, this one organization kind of defines it at whether you're, you're a consumer or, pro- or a producer. And, um, and I, I don't really like the consumer term because it makes it sound like you're like a, a scavenger, um, just living off the, the successes of others. But, you know, it's like I, it gives me the opportunity to be a producer, to be, you know, to write my blog posts, to do, you know, podcasts like this, uh, to, you know, get interviews for newspapers and magazines and, and uh, blogs and whatnot, just to kind of provide what I know um, uh, to groups of patients um, who may be needing it. Um, I'll always find that, like, I'll be writing something in one of my support groups or on ankylosingspondylitis.net um, where I'm like, will anyone even care about this? You know, I mean, is this just a me topic? But every single time people are coming in saying, me too, me too, me too. And, you know, it shows that, like, my experience is valid um, to giving hope and understanding to other people out there. Uh, That's probably been the biggest uh, positive effect um, of uh, being diagnosed with AS when I was 12. What do you wish other people knew about ankylosing spondylitis? Uh, 
yeah, that's that's always one of those really great questions that could go in so many different directions. But I'll give you a, a couple uh, couple of my answers. Um, first of all, that it is forever uh, that you know there is no simple cure. Um, yes, there are great medications out there. There are great treatments, um, but none of them are a cure. It's always going to be with me. I hope that someday that someone will come up and say, "Here is it. Here is that drug. You just inject this one time, and you're all done." Um, but Unfortunately, even if you, you know, uh, turn off those TNF receptors or whatever, you know, whatever issues cause you your AS, um, that damage will always be there. Um, you know, if you're, once your spine fuses, that's it. It's, it's never getting unfused. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some kind of surgery would help, but that doesn't sound, that sounds worse, honestly. Um, so yeah, AS is forever. Um, also that we're not lazy. You know, um, we may look great. We may look amazing. I put on a great face, um, especially around the kids, because I don't want them to see me all hunched over and, oh, oh I'm having a bad day, you know, because then they're like, what's wrong with you, Mr. Jed? Um, you know, I, you're five. I don't want to put these burdens on you. Um, now the sixth graders, I'll share with them a little bit because uh, I think they understand. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to bother them. So I put on my face, you know, I put on my mask of happiness and 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 pep in my step. And when they're not looking, I just collapse, you know, like, ugh, thank goodness I don't have to pretend anymore. So yeah, we we're not again, we're not pretending to be sick. We're pretending to be well. Um, that's another thing that I I'd love people to understand that. You know, we want, believe me, we want to be well. We want to stop taking all these medications and calling off sick and, and going to all these doctor's appointments. We don't enjoy this, but unfortunately, that's our life. Um, so we understand that we are making the best with what we have, and we are really trying to get through with a smile on our face. I, that reminds me of another post I saw that you had, had put on Instagram about it was a, a picture of you, like a self-portrait, mm -hmm. and you said you were trying to make it be like, today's going to be a good day, but then when you looked at it, you could see the pain on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been, actually, that's been happening a lot lately, um, where I'm posting a picture, and, you know, it's like, I'm trying to look all happy and great and stuff, and, <laughs> I mean, even in my school picture for this year, oh, it's this bad it's bad but yeah you can see that i'm just strained like ah, i'm trying to be happy um yeah people pe if they, people know what they're looking for in the eyes and the mouth and whatnot they can yeah that's that's a great thing about our community is like we we can kind of tell when we're lying to, to ourselves um and uh and trying to look a lot happier than we really are um but yeah it's it, it shows up a lot, you know, um, just the eyes and the, especially in the eyes. You can always, you can always look in someone's eyes and just say, mm, I think you're feeling a little bit of pain today, aren't you? Because uh, the eyes don't lie. So, yeah, that happens quite a bit. <laughs> Along that line, do you, do you feel like there's an energetic toll to putting on the good face of like trying to look like you're okay? It's absolutely exhausting. Um, I, I, Yes. Um, I mean, it, there's a little bit of mind over matter where you, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, outward in, you know, um, you know, feeling good on the outside, you know, means you're feeling good on the inside. And yeah, that helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there is a toll. Um, it's because it takes a lot of energy when you're not feeling good to go against your actual feelings and try to, you know, pick yourself up, stand tall and smile. That takes extra effort, you know, and um, 
So yeah, there is a toll. Because uh, if I try to hold myself up and and you know smile too long, yeah, you know, my muscles they are already exhausted and they get more exhausted. Um, so yeah, we uh, it's 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 not always the easiest to put on that face, um, and that's that's kind of why I enjoy the times when I can just collapse. Um, my last school, I would I found an empty break room where I would take all my breaks um, because I just I needed the quiet. I needed to decompress, and I needed to hunch over and put my head down on the table. But I didn't want people asking me, what's wrong, what's wrong? Because then I knew I would go, oh, nothing's wrong, everything's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, I've gotten a lot better where now if someone asks me what's wrong, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's wrong. But, um, of course, I'm also, that's more of my advocacy um, <laughs> point of view of I need to... Uh, where I, need, I feel I need to educate and I need to uh, advise people and kind of show them this is what ankylosing spondylitis really is. What, what's the most important thing about online communities for people with AS? Uh, the fact that as long as you have internet, you can do it from anywhere. Um, you know, I, I lead a, an in-person support group in St. Louis and, you know, we'll have... The most we've had is 15 people, but typically it's only like, you know, two or three people that show up uh, to each meeting. Um, But we still have 50-something people in our Facebook group of people who we have invited uh, to this in-person meeting. Uh, So, and they're still, you know, these people, they're still active on the Facebook group, even if they don't come to the live meetings, Uh, which let me just tell you, if you're listening, you're from the St. Louis area, it's a great meeting. You should totally check it out. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, so, yeah, online, you can... You can meet with people who you never would have met with. You know, I, I have friends in England and Scotland and in India and Australia. You know, I never would have come across these people. But me, knowing people like this um, allows me to get information for what's, what they're doing. Um, people from all across the country can all come together like they're in the same place and uh, share their stories. Um, plus, you know, like online groups, they're searchable. You want to know what's going, you know, what someone else has done. You can just search right there in the search bar. How has this drug worked for you? Any side effects that you've had? Uh, how do you get a good night's sleep? And it's all right there. Um, yeah, I mean, online. I don't. There, I don't think there really could be a chronic illness community um, without uh, the help of online groups and and blogs and support groups and whatnot. Um, and, and plus, you know, as that country song goes, uh, you know, I'm so much cooler online. Um, being online helps us kind of get out of our shells, you know. Like, I'm not, I'm not always great one-on-one. You know, I may you know, get a little bit nervous, but, oh, man, I am cool online. You know, I can type, type, type all day long and, uh, and look like the absolute coolest guy ever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's online helps. Uh, it allows us to get our shells and meet other people and... You know, I, I, I really enjoy it. Well, I, I think you're doing great one-on-one with me, so I appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> is, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, we've covered so much today, and I do want to thank you uh, for all these great and insightful questions. I really feel like I am uh, sharing um, everything that I, you know, possibly could. Um, I will say, though, that... Uh, if you ever do come across someone with ankylosing spondylitis, um, ask them about it. Now, they may not be open to it, but if they want to tell you about it, please listen. Um, I will say, um, I was talking about this on my Twitter feed yesterday, that 
my one of my biggest frustrations is that I am fully open with my AS. You know, I will I have several AS t shirts and I have my AS wristbands and anyone that asks me about it, I will tell you anything you want about it. And um, you know, I've 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 got a, a t-shirt uh, from a fellow advocate uh, that says uh, ankylosing spondylitis not a dinosaur but close and I will wear that out and just like hey look at me look at me you know and every once in a while I will get and then by once in a while I mean one time I got oh ankylosing spondylitis my mom has that oh great and then we had a nice conversation most of the time it's oh my son loves dinosaurs it's Clear as does not, um, but, and then yesterday someone asked me, I was wearing at school, oh, what does your shirt say? And I held up my name badge because it was covering it, and, and it said, ankylosing spondylitis, not a dinosaur, but close. And she just says, oh, okay, and just walked on. It's like, no, ask me about it. Ask me, please. We have a minute, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, so, yeah, um, if, if someone's willing to share their story, whether it's AS or fibro or, or Crohn's or whatever, you know, they may have, be willing to listen um, because, a lot, it's hard for us to tell our stories. Um, you know, it, it involves a lot of vulnerability. And um, so if we're willing to open ourselves up and share our condition, take the time to listen. Um, I, I think really, because people still, oh, I've never heard of AS. Well, it's because you didn't listen when someone or someone who wasn't, you know, or someone wasn't willing to share that post or whatnot. Um, you know, AS is not a rare disease. Um, Everyone keeps saying, oh, yeah, it's a rare disease. No, it isn't. It's, there's there's 2.7 million people in, you know, worldwide with spondylitis, you know, not necessarily ankylosing spondylitis, but some form of spondylitis. And, um, but no one's willing to talk about it. So it's not, it's not a rare disease. It's just an unheard of disease. And um, I think, hopefully, again, I said back in December of 2018 that 2019 was going to be the year of AS. And I'm holding true to that. So far, so many great things have happened, um, especially with the launching of ankylosingspondylitis.net. So many good things have happened um, promoting the name of ankylosing spondylitis and getting getting that name out there and and getting our patients activated. Uh, So, yeah, we're out there. There's a lot of patient leadership. Anyone, 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 anyone can be a patient leader. As long as you're willing to tell a story, you have a voice. So use it, you know. Um, And... Just ask that people listen. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And we're so glad that you're a part of our ankylosingspondylitis.net community. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure uh, working with ankylosingspondylitis.net and Health Union. Um, I, it's been such an amazing opportunity to get my voice out there. And, um, and plus, the artists over at Health Union add those the greatest drawings ever. <laughs> Sometimes I'm excited uh, when I see that one of my articles got posted just to see, ooh, what drawing did they do? And it never fails. It's always great. So thank you so much uh, for, uh, for inviting me on. With each episode of Living With, I hope to raise awareness of different health conditions, as well as share what I find inspiring about these individuals. Jed certainly inspired me, and I hope his story inspires you as well. To read Jed's articles and join the conversation, visit ankylosingspondylitis.net. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. 
Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.